Welcome to The Backstory with Dr. Ricky Singh. This podcast is focused on bringing you the latest research-based information about dramatically improving health, well-being, and quality of life. And here's your host, Dr. Ricky Singh. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Backstory Podcast. Well, it's been a little over a week since the New York City Marathon. And today, I just wanted to share some of my experiences with you about what I learned about myself, how the race went, and how I really have a changed outlook on life and things around me. So it's no secret that many people find exercise as one of the best mental health remedies available. And there are numerous studies that show that aerobic exercise can lead to improved cognition. They can delay the onset of dementia. Running can improve your heart health by reducing the risk of heart attacks or cardiovascular events. And running can improve your biophysical profile, meaning better weight management, decreasing the stresses around your joints, which can lead to arthritis. So the benefits are tremendous. And the first question people ask me is, why did I choose to run the marathon? And honestly, I never in my wildest dreams could think that it was possible or something that I was even interested in doing. And honestly, my decision to run a marathon was not really based on some lifelong dream. Historically, my department of rehabilitation medicine, our residents and fellows, we have always been part of the marathon's medical team. Uh, We cover the tents, we cover acute events at the finish line and throughout the course. And our hospital, New York Presbyterian, is an official charity partner with the New York City Marathon. So when I was asked to be part of the team, honestly, I figured it was in some type of medical capacity as like their fitness coach or wellness person to make sure people didn't get injured. But once I realized that they actually wanted me to be part of the running team, I kind of said yes as a knee-jerk response, but I didn't really fully appreciate what I was signing up for. Some of the most common reasons why people get out to run a marathon and make that a goal is usually falling into one of four groups. And the first is psychological motivation, which includes people wanting to improve their self-esteem or feeling better about themselves. The second is social reasons, because running is a great way to socialize and interact with your community and make new friends. The third most cited reason is physical purposes, meaning trying to get into shape, maybe lose weight. And the final reason is achievement, which is pushing yourself beyond your perceived limits and just really seeing how amazing the human mind and the human body actually are. And I think I kind of fall into this latter category where I am always trying to push my patients beyond their comfort zone. I have always tried to motivate them to be the best version of themselves through eating right, sleeping right, managing their stress, optimizing their physical function. And I think for me, it was the same in my decision to run the marathon. And it was just based on my desire to prove to myself that I could accomplish anything. And along the way, I realized numerous other benefits. In addition to improving my cardiovascular shape, I no longer have asthma, which I used to treat myself with an albuterol inhaler. My snoring has improved, at least my wife says so. My flexibility has improved. And also my outlook on life, which I'm going to discuss with you today. Now, training for the New York City Marathon was exceptionally rewarding. And as soon as I joined the team and the hospital had my entry, I said to myself, that's it. I have a goal now. I bought a new pair of running shoes. I went to get fitted at Jackrabbit, one of the stores here in the city. And then I started my preparation. I watched countless videos. I listened to numerous podcasts on running technique 
And my entire Instagram and Facebook feeds were now all runners. What were previously all golf-related videos were now replaced by running videos. So the algorithm works in social media. And I wish I could tell you that I practice what I preach and I did all the aerobic exercise that I tell my patients to do and stuff that I discuss on my podcast. But in reality, I was kind of an imposter to the running scene, to the marathon scene. And most of my cardio was in the form of circuit resistance training with very little time and energy put on low to moderate aerobic exercise. And what I accomplished was truly going from couch to marathon in six months. And I say that because what I did by running a marathon, I believe anyone can do. And the way the couch to marathon program was broken up was into four main chunks. And the first was something called Couch to 5K. And Couch to 5K was a four-week program, which consisted of a mixture of walk-run exercises. Literally, my first exercise was to walk for two minutes and run for one minute and do that 10 times for a total of 30 minutes. And I remember coming up and telling my wife, saying, hey, I can't do this. This is too difficult. I have no chance in running the marathon. And I was going to give up, but I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. After finishing the four-week couch to 5K, and then another four-week block was 5K to 10K, and then I spent a few months training for a half marathon, and then another two months training for the full marathon, where my longest run kind of maxed out at 20 miles about a month before the actual marathon. And it was exciting because before I knew it, I was running five miles, then 10 miles, 15 miles, 20 miles. And in New York, I was able to run to places I had never seen before and explore the city in a manner that previously was not available to me. Even when I went on vacation, I went to Florida with my family and I ran there with my son in the stroller. I visited my parents in St. Louis and I ran throughout the neighborhoods and through the many subdivisions, as we call them in Missouri. And I really just explored a town where I grew up. But I think the key to my marathon training was that I wasn't taking it too seriously, to be honest. You know, meaning I didn't really have a goal time. I just wanted to finish. I wanted to get to the starting line without being injured. And I wanted to finish the race the same way. So what was race day like? I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't getting a little choked up when I got to the starting line. We all listened to Frank Sinatra's New York, New York, blasting over the loudspeakers. I looked around at the thousands of people standing there with me, all about to embark on the same journey. And we probably had different reasons for being there, but none of it really mattered. We all shared the passion for running, and we were all there to achieve this goal together. So as I ran from Staten Island to Brooklyn and Queens and back to Manhattan, I saw all the beautiful people of the city. They were calling my name, Ricky. It was printed on my shirt, cheering me on. They were even singing. Hey, Ricky, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind, which was kind of cute and really pumped me up. But I felt like a celebrity. I was running through the crowds. People were waving and giving me high fives. And it really was a very memorable experience. But I think the most memorable portion of the race to me was right around mile 18, where my wife had organized about 20 of my friends and family to see me along the course. And under my sunglasses, I think I was tearing up a little bit, but I was pretty dehydrated and I don't think I had enough water in my system to produce tears, but it was very emotional to see my friends support me and my wife there with my two kids and my dad, and it really was one of the best feelings I have had, uh, knowing just how much support I had and how much encouragement was given to me to finish this race. 
And finally, as I ran up 59th Street and back into the park around Columbus Circle, I saw the finish line. I ran as hard as I could. I had felt that I had accomplished something that I had never done before. I was really proud of myself. Never in a million years could I think I could accomplish running a marathon. But when I crossed that finish line, I walked into a new version of myself that was waiting for me on the opposite side. And I realized that our body, our mind is so unbelievable and so capable of doing so much. So what have I learned about myself? The first is, if you're going to dream, dream big. We've all had dreams of what we want to accomplish in life, whether they're financial dreams or health-related dreams or career goals. They all have the same one thing in common, which is they all begin by taking one small step at a time. And for me, my first step in planning to run the marathon was to do some homework, to increase my knowledge base on the subject matter, to start implementing these small little goals and working towards them. Like I told you, my first run was walk two minutes, run one minute. That was my first small step towards the goal of running a marathon. And one of the beauties about running a marathon is that yes, competition is real, but The competition is between you and you. Similar to golf, which is another sport I play, you're really competing against yourself. In golf, you're competing against the golf course. And in a marathon, you're competing against the track or the marathon course. One thing I learned about the marathon was that runners offer tremendous encouragement to one another. They understand a very important principle, which is that there is room at the finish line for all of us. It's not about winning. It's not about losing. It's really about the experience and being in it together. And if you put that in the real world, I think our world could learn a lot from marathon runners. Imagine how much better our world would be. Everyone around us encouraged each other more and competed with each other less. You know, there's an old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And this was my experience of running a marathon. And sure, there were times where I wanted to speed up and pass some of the runners in the process. But I found that by training with a group, and remaining with my peers and having my running partner, I really was getting the encouragement I needed and it was critical in helping me finish the marathon. It wouldn't be possible without them. The other thing is learning to enjoy the silence and shedding excess. You know, when I first started running, I had my phone, my headphones, my gel packs, my water bottle, and really towards the end of my training, I learned to run without my headphones, without anything in my hand, just shedding all unnecessary items. And one of my best runs was my 20-mile run when I ran without music because my headphones actually died. And unequivocally, it was my best training run. I loved the quietness. I was able to listen to my body, my breathing, the cadence of my feet. And my mind was really freed up to think about my life and evaluate it, look at my goals, my relationship with my family, my wife, my kids. And it wasn't just about the silence with running. You might actually realize that you enjoy silence in real life. It is said that God gave us two ears and one mouth because he knew that listening would be twice as difficult as talking. And the fact is, yes, at times we all tend to be a little selfish with our communication. Right or wrong, we tend to talk about ourselves more than we listen to others. We expect to be heard and respected. And we also want unconditional love and instant forgiveness. So I think this was a really nice lesson on learning not to have false expectations that others will know exactly what we mean. It's really about opening up communication and listening to those around you. Another thing I learned was about adversity and not to run away from adversity. One important lesson that one of the Peloton runners kept saying, Matt Wilpers, was run with your head up. And I think he meant that not just as an instruction for proper running, 
but he also meant that as a metaphor for life. Stay positive, stay confident, look at where you're going, look ahead, um, especially when you encounter an obstacle like an uphill. Sure, downhills are easy, right? Everything is going for you. Gravity is helping you. Your legs are working. You pick up speed. It takes less work. But when you encounter the Queensboro Bridge or an obstacle or a challenge in your life, it's tough. Everything's working against you. But just remember, if you feel like you're running uphill, fight through it now because there is a downhill right around the corner. And to everyone out there who feels like they can't accomplish their goals or achieve something they set their mind to, let me share with you some thoughts about how running a marathon changed my view. Running a marathon has proven that you can be strong and determined. Right after my marathon, I felt powerful. I felt invincible. I took on a challenge that most people wouldn't even consider. I changed my lifestyle. I changed my priorities, my mindset. I was committed to an ambitious goal, and I persevered until the end. And just last year, the marathon seemed impossible. And today, here I am in front of you, a marathoner. And in the future, when I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed or scared of the unknown, or I experience an unforeseen setback, I'm going to remember this feeling. I'm going to think to myself that there was a time when I thought I could never do it. And I'm going to remember saying, go for it. I'm going to encourage myself and remember all the words of encouragement I heard all along the way. From my experience running a marathon, I will draw strength and protect myself from any self-doubt. And I'll remember how truly loved I am because none of this could be possible without all of your support because none of us really accomplishes anything alone. So I'll leave you with this. I dare you to train for a marathon and not have it change your life. Keep moving forward in life. Keep fighting for your goals. There are going to be times when you feel like giving up, but the most important lesson is to keep moving one step at a time. Thank you, everyone, for helping me accomplish this goal. I love you, New York City. I love you to my wife and kids. And here I am saying from the Backstory Podcast, you all had my back, and I appreciate you. Signing off. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Backstory. Please subscribe, rate the podcast, and review The Backstory on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music. And feel free to share this podcast on social media or even your own website or blog. This podcast is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. To learn more about Dr. Singh and his clinical research, please follow him on social media. You can also sign up for his newsletter by going to www.rickysinghmd.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y-S-I-N-G-H-M-D dot com.